This is a very, very popular podcast. From tampons to Minecraft and everything in between, this is a very, very popular podcast with Dylan and Maya. It's Dylan. And I'm Maya. And this is a very, very popular podcast. So today we have guests on the podcast because it's a big episode and we wanted some other opinions other than ours. On this episode, we have our friends from various worlds around us. I'm Allison. Uh, I'm Sophie. I'm Eliana. So today's topic is Judaism. We decided to bring people on to share their perspectives of various different Jewy things. (laughs) So for our first question, do you guys have any experiences in public schools that stand out to you as different because of something to do like with Judaism? This year was kind of tough for Christmas because since usually I go to my Christian side's grandparents house, but I can't do that this year. So everyone's over here like, woo, it's Christmas. Look at all my cool stuff. Whoa, celebrate with the fam. And I'm like, I did nothing. I stayed at home. We celebrated Hanukkah, but that wasn't even over winter break. I remember like sitting in Zoom class, like creative writing, and it's like, it's the last or first day of Hanukkah. And I'm like, hey guys, it's Hanukkah. And they're like, oh yeah, also that. It's like December 10th. And they're like, why are you talking about Hanukkah now? On the topic of being in a writing class and talking about Hanukkah, so Eliana and I are in the same ELA class. And I forget who mentioned it, but someone in our class was like, isn't it Hanukkah? And I was like, yeah, it is. I think I got like faked over excitement to be like, yeah, it is. I'm Jewish. Somebody knows we exist. I remember counting, I think it was middle school. The first few weeks I was trying to figure out who was Jewish in the class. I think there was about four girls. And then I think there were a couple other people that I just didn't know. So in total, about six people out of like 150. And like any time I saw one of them, I was like, so how is synagogue like bringing it up as much as possible? Because I was that person. But (laughs) yeah, I was always trying to talk about like just being Jewish. I was the go-to Jew in sixth grade social studies. I would have to mouth things to my social studies teacher because she was she was Jewish too to some degree she would like teach about holidays or whatever and I knew like more than she did so when it came to like talking about the year or whatever I would mouth it to her I felt so smart but then I also knew the bare minimum of information so I wasn't really helping any Okay, on a marginally related topic, I remember when I was in like 6th or 7th grade and I was in this huge chorus class with like 60-something girls, we'd have like songs in Hebrew because my chorus teacher wanted to be like inclusive or whatever. And I was like, the only, there was like another Jewish girl in the class. She didn't practice at all and like she like just wasn't religious or anything. So I was just there in this class with like 60 girls trying to like correct the pronunciation so people weren't saying like instead of and like no one could actually say good old shanika yeah sounds like you're coughing on a hairball just tell them you were gagging on a hairball like it's not that hard and now everyone exaggerates it so instead of be like you know it would be like hanukkah and they'll be like hanukkah so my grandmother's christian she resents the fact that like i say just very easily for everything so then she'll say like holla or something she'll say holla and i'll be like it's holla nana just to be annoying and she'll be like holla (laughs) oh on the topic of like stuff that public schools did Thoughts on dreidel, dreidel, dreidel being the Hanukkah song. That was the main Hanukkah song. I remember last year we had a Hanukkah medley and I was so proud of myself because I was the, like, I was the only one who knew half the songs. Everyone knew we had like, it was like the little dreidel song. So there was that, that part of it everyone knew. And then some people knew they're like, oh Hanukkah, oh Hanukkah, come light the menorah. And then we had Matsor. So of course no one knew that one. And some of the notes were even off, and but I couldn't say anything because it wasn't like I really, I wasn't going to be able to fix it. So I I just went with it and I think there was another song that even I didn't know and it was really awkward. I remember so this was last year and it was activity period and I was talking about the medley we were doing in band and so I was like yeah let's 
there's like you know oh hanukkah and then my friend goes oh yeah i know that one oh hanukkah oh hanukkah i'm like and then my social studies teacher who's like the was the one whose classroom it was i was like i don't think that's the song and it was really awkward and we all just sat there silently because we had to think about what had just happened yeah if you guys were to make like any holiday song regarding judaism the public school hanukkah song or just school song okay i have a comment because i love songs so i'm just claiming this question okay so we had hanukkah plays at our old school and we always had a song for the curtain call oh yes yes and it went on for freaking ages and it was just like how did it go Shirim shel simcha. Yes. Shirim shel simcha. It just kept going. It did that like over and over. And none of us could sing it because it's like in between our like pitches. If you could sing low or high or whatever. It was a mess. We sang it every single freaking year for the entire curtain call. It was fun though. Also shout out the song Kemach Kemach, which is about making latkes is very fun because it's short and repetitive. I used to love for the Hanukkah play when we'd march in from like the side and we'd sing Mia Malel. That was like my favorite part. Yes. Oh yeah. And also, oh my gosh, when we would do um the one song with like the lights and then we got to like stomp like elephants in the one. Yes, uh it was Banu Choshech. Yeah, that one, that one. If I could choose a song to be like the Hanukkah song, I would choose that one because then like everyone would know Hebrew because they would know it. And then it'd also be like fun and I'd get to stomp a lot. Everybody they'd be like, Okay, you have to be quiet besides this song. This is when you stomp on the stage. <laughs> yes, like quiet feet, like you can't don't be elephants. Elephants, except this song. This song, you can be elephants. Yeah. I would do lots of latkes where it's around. Yes. I think that if a choir were to do it, it could actually be somewhat decent. Yeah. Like, it's really dumb. I prefer it over dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. It's a fun song, though. Yeah, I think, you know, it would get people, like, involved. People would get to learn, like, different parts, and it could actually, like, sound okay. So I think if I were to like choose one, especially for like a choir, maybe because it has like different elements, you know, add a little spice. I remember when we had to sing a song and it was like a mix of Hebrew and Spanish. Oh, Ocho Candelicas. Oh, I didn't yeah. think about and that it's one. It's like a good song, but it was so confusing because it was like not Spanish. But it wasn't Hebrew and it was just some sort of random in between. It's Ladino. L-A-D-I-N-O. Ladino. Ladino, yeah. Nice. Yeah, in Spanish, so my Spanish teacher always plays uh, songs at the beginning of like class, and it's always by a different artist. And then the one before winter break, it was Feliz Navidad was what she was playing. And I was like, oh my god, you should play Ocho Candelicas. And I was like, wait, can you play mixed songs? And she was like, yeah, I play mixed between English and uh, Spanish all the time. So he played it, and I was like singing every word. Like My mic was muted, but still I was singing it. And everybody was like, you don't know this song, do you, Maya? And I was like, I definitely haven't had to sing it every single year since kindergarten. <laughs> Eliana, what would you choose? Um, definitely me and Malel. Like, when they would say, like, oh, we're gonna start Hanukkah songs. Like, that day, I would get so excited. Like, the vibes were just so good. So I really like all the Hanukkah songs. There's only, like, a couple Hanukkah songs that get really old if you listen to them on repeat. Because, basically, if you listen to any Hanukkah radio, you're only gonna hear about, like, five. But they're still, like upbeat enough that it's fun to listen to at least the first couple times i know that wesley odom jr he played aaron burr in hamilton on broadway he did my Sor with his wife and it is one of the prettiest my Sors i have ever heard Ooh. like it's really nice it's very calming obviously it's not a super like upbeat song but like really pretty i wouldn't do that with like a group but like would definitely recommend it and also jack black did it like a hanukkah album passover stuff yeah too. or Passover, yes. That's like, it kind of radiates like Andy Samberg Hanukkah song energy. This was meant to be Adam Sandler. Without it being that like parody-y, where it's still kind of funny to be hearing it. He did the actual songs just like in a comedic manner, so. Yeah, so if you're looking for like Jew stuff that like isn't what you hear in Hebrew day school and the Hebrew school, there's some recommendations. 
I think Sunday schools try to make it interesting because no one really wants to be at Sunday school. So they'll try to be like, look, we've got this pop artist's Jewish song. So they've, they've tried to do that. But I've been recommended like Jack Black's album by Sunday school teachers before. Have you guys ever had a thing where it's like the Sunday school people are trying to be like, did you know famous people are Jewish? Like there's, I can only think of a couple people right now, but like one of the common ones, Drake's Jewish. And there's like, they just try to name all these people like, look, it's relatable. I remember we had a project during Judaics once where everyone got, we had to make a poster. And like, it was like Robert Downey Jr. (gasps) And like the guy from Imagine Dragons (laughs) and just random Jewish people. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. He at least isn't like a super active Jew, but I guess he was a Jewish enough to be on a poster like yeah it's tried to be like oh this person this famous person is a jew like you and then it's like they're not like religious at all and they're also like super famous so there's like there's like so much disconnect i remember when you had to read about calvin klein in class <laughs> because <laughs> wasn't that a like seventh grade yeah because like... they had some like, they had like a big book and we were just like looking through it yeah it was a huge book i do love me some underwear i guess Okay, this is off topic, but I was thinking you don't like always know what someone is like. Basically, you can think, oh, wait, they're probably just this. And then you realize I feel like I've done this a lot where I'm like, oh, somebody's probably just like Christian or something like what else? And then that happens with this ethnicity, too, where it's like they're just probably like white from some European country. And this is kind of European. But like I found out somebody was German and we were (laughs) the thing was we were in social studies and learning about D-Day. And she said to me, she was like, dude, I'm legit the only German in this class and we're learning about D-Day think about what it's like and I was like oh man I thought the holocaust was rough for me like (laughs) I get what you mean there yeah okay so thoughts on like the holocaust book for most schools being boy in the striped pajamas I never read it. Yeah, I haven't read it, but I know what's it about. I did read it, but not for my school. I had to read it. I had to read it too. And was it sixth grade? We didn't have to read it. We had the choice to read it, but I didn't read about it. Kind of looking at it, I feel like it's... For what it portrays, it doesn't portray it dark enough, even though it is a dark book. It's like, because, okay, so I always read Number of the Stars. That was our go-to Holocaust book. I have never read that. I should, but. That was basically a girl, her friend is Jewish, and she her family has to, like, help smuggle her friend out of wherever they are. I forget where they are, to, like, across the river to Denmark. What I meant to say was actually from Denmark to Sweden. And that's the whole thing. But Boy yeah. in Straight Pajamas was like specifically a boy from a big commander Nazi yeah. person. His household wandered into like a camp or something. And became friends with the Jewish boy. Yeah. And then he snuck in because he wanted to see what it was. And then didn't come out. But I feel like it didn't really talk about why and how the Holocaust was about the Jews and stuff. Yeah. I think it was dark because it illustrated like what it was, but it didn't really show show like i mean you're not gonna tell kids like look they were killed like something like that and i don't think it needs to like specify hey look it's judaism because kind of thing because it was like a whole heck of a bunch of people like yeah you know but i think just that felt like all of a sudden he's gone and it was like well it was a bit more suffering than that kind of thing i mean i feel like the darkest element like basically the entire movie or the entire book and then the movie just portrayed it was like there's this boy and he just moved here and he keeps going to the fence to see the little Jewish boy but it hasn't specified that he's Jewish which as you said doesn't matter but like it's basically here I'm sneaking you food and here how about we switch places I'm gonna wear your stuff and oh no (laughs) end of movie I've died yeah it's a very small little part of the holocaust like the way that um, the holocaust is taught in schools and stuff like I mean I think there's a lot of merit in like making sure kids know like what happen but there's really like it hits different when you're like sitting in services and looking through the sea door and in the back of the sea door there's all these like graphic disturbing stories like detailing exactly what happened in the concentration camps and then it's really like well yeah that happened to those people just because they were jewish like that's terrifying yeah it really doesn't like just reading a book you don't get that there was like a specific story about um there was a little baby boy that was born in secret and they moved next to a factory so the noises of the factory would drown out the baby's crying and they heard knocking on the door on the day of the baby's birth and they thought that um it was the nazis and they said quick circumcise the boy so he will at least die a jew like oh god that's, that's so heavy like that's terrifying 
talking about like accurate portrayals having current media that like accurately portrays what i think the holocaust should be portrayed as would be a movie like jojo rabbit oh that was an incredible movie oh yeah yeah that was so good i wanted to watch it but then my parents like that sounds like a weird movie i've seen it like five times it's really good my comment was like i feel like i should have been offended but i really wasn't it used just enough satire where it was like you know you were able to get a laugh but you were also able to almost focus more on the story because it was not just pumping you with heavy for two hours like having the lightness of hitler which feels like a really (laughs) bad thing to say but also i feel like that's the only way to describe it is that making hitler light i don't know yeah it was really good movie i think what i really appreciated about the movie was that it started off very funny and then like slowly got darker and opinions started to change and things started to happen and that kind of made it more feasible and understandable to see how terrible things were and not just like look how terrible like because that's kind of overwhelming and you don't really process it but in this case by starting off lighter it, it made it seem more real and I really like the perspective that it's told from because I feel like a lot of things are told from the perspective of Jews kind of thing or like people in the holocaust which is like I don't really know what you say there because everything just went downhill as opposed to Jojo Rabbit which is told by like a kid on the Nazi side his perspective was like oh bad Jews Jews, Jews are bad kind of thing. That was it. And then he was like, oh my God, like actually they're not that bad and um, this isn't great and um, everything's going downhill and um, we're in war. (laughs) So it was like a whole, just, I felt like his perspective was a lot better than just like, look, everything's sad because he didn't think things were sad until it was like learned more. Yeah. And like, it also sort of, it says like, it's like a good perspective too, because it's sort of like the turning point for him is when he realizes basically that Jews are people yeah like that puts into perspective like really how bad the attitudes towards Jews were during the Holocaust like yeah I feel like a lot of people, when they hear about the Holocaust, they they just think, oh, this was just an event in the past. It's like when you learn about, like, Native Americans being wiped out by a plague kind of thing, where it's like, oh, yeah, people die. It's just a thing. Yeah, I wasn't right. Yeah. We'll make sure it doesn't happen again is kind of like, we're learning this so it doesn't happen again, you know? There's a relevance to it, but there's a relevance to all tragedies, and I think, you know, without the proper, I guess, like, perspective doesn't feel like it like some people will take it seriously because it's like i want to widen my knowledge others will kind of be like it's another lesson in the books yeah I've had people like comment to me when we're learning Holocaust stuff and like that kind of thing where they're like, oh, wait, don't you know about this? And I'm like, a lot of the time, I'm also that annoying kid for this lesson, too, where it's like, I know all about the Holocaust because I've been learning about it for ages. But it's just like there's moments when people are just kind of like, oh, wait, that's that Jew thing. And it's like, I mean, it was also kind of a whole World War Two thing. Like, um... But yeah, I feel like there's kind of a loaded like, oh yeah, that's just that one thing. And then you think about it. Like, have you guys ever seen the movie Paper Clips? Yeah, we watched that in Sunday school. Yeah, I was gonna say forced to watch this in Sunday school. Um, The whole thing about that movie was like, they were trying to, basically the kids couldn't understand how many 11 million was, which is the number of people that died in the Holocaust. And so they started collecting paper clips, like they were trying to get 11 million paper clips so they could see how much it was. And they were asking for like paper clips from all these different people. And some people said, one some people sent like tons like it was all whatever they felt was worthy kind of thing and they ended up with way more than 11 million but either way there was a whole just the quantity thing doesn't really make sense to people which I think is a good point but their idea of yeah a lot of people really don't know how drastic and worldwide this thing was yeah like all the people that died if they all had like kids and their kids has had kids like the exponential like more amount of people that we would have had if there wasn't the holocaust it's like yeah i feel like a lot of times it's always awkward when we learn about the holocaust and social studies just because it's like you're the only jew who also happens to know a lot about the situation it makes a lot of times when then i say something because like i'll know a bit more information because i'm jewish and i've had relatives who died and stuff like that it's one of those things 
things where like they're like they think it's they in their head they think it's over dramatic like yeah 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 you're just thinking this because you're related to something like, okay so there is this washington dc trip and so that's where the holocaust museum was and a bunch of my friends wanted to see it because they hadn't seen it before i had seen it two months earlier so i didn't really want to go because i just seen it but they got tickets and they were like okay we're gonna go see the holocaust museum and i was like why would you want to see the holocaust museum on a school field trip they were supposed to have fun on like we were learning about governments who went to washington dc and i don't think they realized how sad the holocaust museum is it's a really good museum but i don't want to spend my day with my friends going and looking at stories of dead people i feel like there's something about that that's just kind of yeah. wrong and then they skipped over all of like the non super visual parts and like how it relates to today like we basically skipped over the whole part about israel becoming a state and then how that led to other issues and all that and so they just go okay jews died yeah so i went to yad vashem which is the basically big big holocaust museum in israel and they have tons of different parts but there was a layout where you kind of go through like a triangular shaped building kind of thing and when we got to the end my brother started going over to the models of like gas chambers and like piles of shoes and that kind of uh, thing piles of shoes yeah i think it was our guide leader person was like pushing him away and he was like you know what you're not gonna see this so he kind of pushed him away to the other side where it was like talking about how terrible it was and it was like instead of actually showing the thing which i think is reasonable because i think he was like 10 at the time instead just be like understand that this is a big deal that we shouldn't let happen again and why it happened kind of thing where i don't think it's necessary to enforce upon people like learn the terrible deeds but just realize the significance instead like i'm grateful for the education because obviously we all have the benefit of having gone to some form of jewish education hebrew school whatever like i think you know as i've learned recently we're one of the few states that actually have it like mandated to have holocaust education we're one of the like first ones to have it in legal writing that holocaust education should be done throughout public schools like i mean right now they're working on how to implement that like you know some of my first experiences have been through you know when i was in like sixth grade and reading boy in the striped pajamas like how that was kind of one of the first steps into it that i've seen like i kind of want that for others because it feels like such a small thing and sometimes it feels dumb how they implement it where it's kind of this like this is not the best book to teach it but then it's also like there's being effort put in like <laughs> there's a bunch of other places where that doesn't even happen and there's like an educational gap there it's kind of crazy to think about where it's like we have years of learning about this and it feels kind of like repetitive but then it's not though and it's yeah i don't know it just yeah so to lighten up the discussion, that got a lot deeper than I actually expected it to. That was actually pretty cool. What is one key thing that you think has, like, bettered your life being a Jew as, you know, at our age or just in general? Like, what is something that has been positive about it? I definitely feel like it made me different. Because, like, especially because I live in an area where they're pretty much all Catholic. And it's just, you know, your usual Christian. There's, you know, some Presbyterian, you know. Mostly, they do the same thing. Yeah, and so it means that, like, a lot of people who just kind of take what they have for granted. And they're just like, oh, yeah, everything is, you know, Christian. So they don't see it as being different. But then when you're in kindergarten making Christmas ornaments for your non-existent Christmas and you don't know anything about the Bible or I mean you know some stuff about the Bible but you don't know what they're talking about in the Bible you don't do anything related to Jesus it definitely was like oh I see what it's like being different I think there's um like a lot of uh community in being Jewish like you know when you go to I feel like the experience of going to synagogue is different from like going to church or whatever like it's a lot more you know everyone stands up at the sit at the same time and then we sit down and then we stand up again and then we sit down and we stand up again we sit but it's it's just like it's like there's a lot of connection um 
and the atmosphere is like I, I don't know how to explain it but it's just like there's something there's there's like something special in the community of being Jewish and then there's just like the little things like you know keeping kosher having a bat mitzvah those are just like fun little things it's like yeah I do that and that's yeah that connects me to other people who do that too I definitely feel like our community is closer because since there's less of us and since we have smaller classes, like you guys, since you went to that Jewish day school for like elementary school and you had a much smaller class, you guys are much closer than these bigger classes. It definitely, I feel like I'm closer friends with my Jewish Sunday school friends in some situations than I am with like school friends because there's less of you and you can just go, yay, what's up? Going to each other's bat and bar mitzvahs, just vibing, hanging out on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'd say my favorite part has kind of just been like, I guess the connections, because obviously you can find things in common with just about anyone, but like whether it be through the youth groups or like through Hebrew school or even through camp, like I feel there's a deeper understanding of each other because you have this huge element of your lives in common and I think that also allows for you to you know like this podcast in particular it allows for you to have these like big conversations and for there to just be a mutual understanding I think that's kind of cool and I just think that like you know you've made some good friendships out of just being Jews like obviously you make friends with anyone it's possible but just to have this thing that led you to each other that wasn't school is kind of really cool yeah yeah i like it like when people are like actually curious about it and i can teach them about like judaism but sometimes it's like kind of awkward because they'll be like how do you not eat bacon or like they'll be like so hanukkah's like jewish (laughs) christmas like no but like it's cool being able to teach them about it because some people never really met yeah. some of us Jewish. I think that's very true. Okay, so another fun part, bat mitzvahs. Bat mitzvahs are obviously a huge part of entering the Jewish community. <laughs> like, what were your experiences of the service, of the party, of the, like, preparation part? There was, especially going back to the whole, like, pretty tight community thing, and since my family is very introverted and not, doesn't know a ton of other Jewish people, I had a lot less people at my bat mitzvah than a lot of other people did, which I wouldn't say I was embarrassed, but it was definitely kind of awkward when people had to, like, they were like, all the seats were filled for some people's bar and bat mitzvahs. Like, I remember for Dylan, okay, Dylan was an exception. Don't let us not compare, because I, I, let's not even talk about mine in a comparison, like. Plus, I just don't have a lot of friends, period. And so I just didn't, like, I didn't even have a ton of people to invite from my school. So it was basically, like, half of this, the, like, t- chapel was empty. I remember for mine, I, like, didn't really, I was struggling with who to invite because I didn't want there to be clashing. Because a couple of my friends had been, like, upset at each other, whether it was because of camp or school or something like that. And I was just like, dear God, I don't want this at my bat mitzvah. And that was my whole pressure as I was, like, trying to figure out who to invite. It was a fun experience, kinda. You did very well. <laughs> Yeah, you did really well. I remember that. That was like, Jesus, I'm not ready for that because yours was like a couple weeks before mine. I remember my friends, neither of them were Jewish. One was Mormon, but they were both just kind of like sitting there. And I remember like being very like happy during my service because I rushed through all of the prayers. So I'm like, like singing as I go and like bouncing around. And I remember looking out into like the group of people sitting in the congregation and seeing their faces. And they were just like, uh, and our congregation has like English translations too. And they were still just like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I like walked down after the service and went to go talk to them. And they were just like, good job. Don't know if you did well or not, but like, that's good. And I was like, don't worry. The party's coming up. It'll be great. (laughs) I was just like, (laughs) you powered through the hour and a half service of straight Hebrew. Let's go now to the party. I remember, I don't remember whose bar mitzvah was, but I think it was Maya, who there were the people and they were confused what book they were used. They were still looking in the Torah book and they hadn't gone back to the regular like prayer book. And so we were like, go to this book. And we were like aggressively pointing (laughs) at it. And they kept giving us weird looks because we knew what we were doing. So we were like doing the prayers and stuff, but we were like the only other kids they saw. Eliana, how about you? Since I have a memory from yours. Well, (laughs) so like a lot of people I invited, like some people thought it was like a birthday party almost. I remember my siblings were always talking about like the room before the service. I'm like, what, what is the room? 
for context, what Eliana means by the room here is the way our synagogue presents the Talir prayer shawl for the, before the bar bat mitzvah. Basically, the b'nai mitzvah, or the kid, goes into the rabbi's office with their parents and the grandparents and the clergy, and the talit is presented, as well as a short prayer from the family members. It's kind of like a private thing instead of in front of the whole congregation. So I was like freaking out, and I finally get to the room, and I was really nervous. And the rabbi is like, are you nervous? I said, yes, of course. And he said, why? <laughs> That was my comment. That was my comment. The rabbi kept, ev- not just the rabbi, like my parents, the rabbi, every single person kept saying, are you nervous? And I was like, no, not at all. And they kept asking, are you nervous? And like on the Bima, when we have our little chat, they were like, are you nervous? I know you're nervous. It's okay. And I was like, I'm not nervous. Stop asking me. You're making me more nervous. By saying it, now I am. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so my dad converted like a little bit before my bat mitzvah. So the rabbi was like, oh, so you're going to do like the prayer before the Torah. So I was like to my dad dad like let's practice it so you know what you're doing and he's like no i'm good i'm gonna wing it <laughs> he's like i've got other people sing with me so he's doing it and my mom like almost cries during it so my dad has to do it by himself for a second oh no he was so nervous i and so and then like before i read the torah i was like almost laughing so it was really hard (laughs) one thing that our synagogue did for my service which was really nice which was i mentioned my grandparents are christian so for their blessing they basically i think it was my grandparents that came up both sides of my grandparents and the one side did it in hebrew and then the other side did it in english with a translation that didn't say like us as in us the jewish people but instead like the jewish people just period in general um and it was like a really good universal topic so they still had a part in the service I was really scared, like, that I would drop the Torah during my Batmanta. And, like, I'm weak, so I was like, oh my gosh, like, how am I going to carry this? They gave you the baby Torah. They gave you the baby Torah. <laughs> I had, like, the smallest Torah, and it was like, like, my Batmanta, like, was during, like, the high holidays. Like, it was right around near that. And... It was the Sukkot Torah. I remember the story. Oh, yeah, Sukkot. And the Torah, like, the text was so small. It was so oh hard God. to read. Oh, my gosh. I remember that story. So apparently there was like a kid who had like some issue thing where he really couldn't lift anything heavy and his portion was the Sukkot portion. And so his family like custom made a Torah for him to use at his bar mitzvah and then like donated it to the synagogue. So uh, they always use that one for Sukkot. So you had the baby Torah. <laughs> yeah, I liked out there. <laughs> I think for my walking around thing while carrying the Torah, I went over too long because I was walking too slow because I was trying to like get to everyone so then they finished their like second song and uh Cantor was like hurry up come on you need to you need to go over here and I'm just like oh wait okay sorry guys and like hustle with the Torah to the front I don't think I don't think I actually carried it I think it was too heavy for me I think I I held it in the pictures I held it in the pictures and it was too heavy and I didn't carry it around (laughs) um but for mine, I just, I think what I remember the most is just there were so many people. Like, because my mom invited, like, all of my fifth cousins twice removed on her side. And my dad invited all of the same thing on his side. And I just had, like, so many, so many people that I, I had no clue who they were. And they'd be like, oh, Sophie, I remember you from when you were just a little baby. And I'm like, and I haven't seen you since and I have no clue who you are. Um, but I, uh, my actual bat mitzvah, I think it was okay, all in all. I, um, I, I read it, I read a lot of Torah. I read, I forget if I, I think I read all of it except for one. Yeah, you read six portions. I also, I also cried on the bima before we started. People would try, try and cheer me up when I really just needed to be like, I just needed to like be calm and collect myself. And then people were like, no, you're okay, you're gonna do great. I'm like, (laughs) other than that, it was great. I think for, uh, yours, we were, I was sitting with the elementary school kids in our class and we saw you were crying and we were like desperately trying to do like bunny ears and like making faces at you and every time you looked we were like guys guys bunny ears now go <laughs> I was like trying to do something to make you laugh but oh there I remember also I had um, this one friend from school um, and when they um, handed out all like the candies to throw <laughs> she just ate hers she just ate it yeah I can see that right then but yeah other than that my my uh, my bat mitzvah was actually very nice 
It's nerve-wracking. <laughs> I did not want to cry on the Bima, but, like, you know, I kind of knew that I might cry. So, but I was in the room before, and my grandparents started, like, crying. And, like, if my grandparents cry, oh, no. Like, I'm going to cry, too. So I start crying, and I'm like, oh, no. I'm going to look like I was just crying. And, you know, like, when I cry, like, afterwards, you know I cried. So I was like, oh, no. Like, this is bad. But it wasn't that obvious. But then I almost cried on the Bima with my mom, the, like, the parent speech. I was like, oh, no. Oh, uh, no. I don't. And I had to, like, chant after that i was like this is so bad i was confident i wasn't gonna cry either and then our principal rabbi guy from our elementary school started reading our letters that we wrote at graduation like the year before or so or the two years before and i wasn't really crying but i remember just being like oh god no suck in your tears this is the moment you cannot let it happen yeah i don't think i did cry my bot mitzvah was something else to preface all of this my parents are leaders in our small community which basically means i whether i like it or not know everyone and everyone knows me and everyone remembers me so like i had a lot of people there i didn't know how many people were there so i was i'm an anxious person and i remember my first memory of the day is i get there and i go in the office and i'm like pacing the office because i was super nervous. I hadn't even seen who was there yet. Like, I was confident. I was really proud of all the work I'd put in. It was great, but I was still pacing. And I remember, you know, they do the whole, like, you put on your talit for the first time. My mom starts crying. I'd been on the verge of tears up until that point. Then I start crying. I'm wearing mascara. It starts dripping. My parents are like, Dylan, you're fine. You're fine. You're great. It's okay. And they have to, like, wipe it off. So already, I've hit all of the points where it's like I hope where you hear about it but you hope it doesn't happen I've had the grandparents cry I've had the anxiousness and then I start walking to the door and the board member for my bat mitzvah goes there's a lot of people out there we're pushing the wall back oh no this is right before I go on to do my bat mitzvah and I'm like what? Because <laughs> anxious me is already freaking out. And then I'm like, it's fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> then I go on and I see all the people and I'm like, wow. <laughs> And then I was playing my guitar and I'd never done it on my own in front of that many people. And then I led and it was totally fine. But I think about it and it's like, that was crazy because that was like, I mean, it was really nice. I have a story from my bat mitzvah. No one really took any pictures at my bat mitzvah because we didn't hire a photographer or anything. And then my friends didn't end up hanging out with me at my own bat mitzvah. So then there were like no pictures of me with them. So I had like the more unconventional bat mitzvah party because I just went to the main event. It was so awkward since we went bowling at the main event. It was all of them got into a group and there wasn't any room for me to be part of their bowling lane. So I had to go hang out with all my Sunday school friends, which is fine. Hey, excuse me, excuse me. No, 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 I like being part, but even you commented and you were like, it's weird how you're hanging out with your Jewish friends when all of your regular friends are here. And I was like, yeah, about that. So that was a really fun time. It was great. And then I felt bad because since everyone else then had the usual stereotypical, you know, get a big room, have a, get a catered, a DJ, the good old horror, putting the chair up in the air. And I was like, I went to an arcade. Yours was really fun though. I enjoyed yours. It was fun, yeah. but definitely different so i didn't get the usual bot mitzvah experience i like knew i wanted like a big dancing celebration because all i do is like israeli dancing so i was like i want to dance and i want to have like i love your uh you can't stop the beat yeah. dance that was really so good at my thing so basically it was just one dance floor and like a hotel room which was perfect i had a great time i was dancing the entire time at one point my camp friends were like we've asked the person to play you can't stop the beat which was our camp lip sync from a year prior so then and only a couple of them wanted that wanted to do it. It was like the girl who wasn't even in the dance had asked for them to play it. So then I'm desperately trying to convince other people. And at first it's just me and this one friend. And then it was like another girl's part in the song. So we're like, go get her. So we're like running, trying to convince her to come dance with us. We finally got it. And then we had like a whole performance of You Can't Stop the Beat just in the middle of the dance floor. And my grandparents were like, when did this happen? And it was like, I mean, it was choreographed a year ago, but still. It was good. It was a mess though but it was fun yeah i just remember how your party gift was that you gave everyone juggling balls with your name and bat mitzvah on it and i was like that's a pretty unique gift 
my bat mitzvah. I blacked out most of it, but I remember my candle lighting. Like the party, I don't remember much, but the candle lighting. So <laughs> a multitude of things happened there. Like, so typically what happens is, is that, you know, you have the number of candles, like 13 or whatever. And I had to think of what to say and, and how to break people up. But I wanted to be careful what I said because I wanted everyone to have like an equal, like if it came to memories or whatever, I wanted everyone to be equal with what they got. Yeah. And that was fine. And typically what happens is is that they have a plate and a candle and the MC or whatever holds that while you're doing it. Well, for me, I had candle holders, you know, and and the candles did not stay in the candle holders and kept falling on the tablecloth. And if you can imagine, having like a decent fire on tablecloths is not going to go well in a predominantly wooden barn thing. It just kept falling and falling. And then I remember this distinctly. So then I get to my sister. I remember that. She starts crying as she comes up. Watching my little sister cry eats me alive because she's just so happy. And it was, I was already getting choked up from what I was saying to her. Then she comes over, buries herself in my chest. I have an entire, I have a book of pictures. I have an entire section of a series of me and my sister crying. And I just remember crying and holding her and everyone watching this. I remember hearing later that some of like my school friends like cried too. And I'm like, oh boy, great. But then I remember the candle falling and then falling some more. And I just now, every time we light candles for Shabbat, if we ever do with like my parents, my sister goes, let's hope it doesn't fall on the tablecloth. (laughs) I feel like yours like was one of those things where every time a candle fell, like the entire audience would do like the wave thing, like, whoa. Like, ah, all of a sudden, there's a surge of noise. Like, watch out! Oh, so I know all of us got speeches from a rabbi or someone at ours. Do you have any, like, distinct memories of it? Well, he told me it's okay to be nervous, and I said, I'm not nervous. Stop saying that. Um, And he said, I know you've done well and you've practiced a lot, but you need to slow down. And I was like, I know. Um, That was pretty much it. And he was like, well, good job. <laughs> that was summary. During the speech, you just held up the middle finger to the rabbi, like, <laughs> I'm not <Stop>! nervous. <laughs> Mine, he was just kind of like, I believe that like, you are such a, you can be a leader. You can do great things for the world. And I was like, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Well, I remember being, like, kind of awkward because it was, like, everyone was, like, kind of watching. But, like, you know, like, we stood in, like, the orc way or whatever. <laughs> and it was, like, quiet. And I was, like, what the heck? Like, I don't remember it that much. But I do remember he was wearing, like, those robes that have, like, the really baggy sleeves. And he put his hands on my shoulder. Yeah, yeah he, he always does, does that. that. He always, like... Yeah, he's just, like, awkwardly standing there, like... Yeah, I was, like, really <laughs> short. Like, I'm still short, but especially then. And, like, it, like, kept hitting my face, like, the robe sleeves. It was really weird. I was like, what is happening here? I remember Allison had told me, because you also get to talk to your parents. <laughs> I just said I was hungry. You had said to me that you had said to your parents that you were hungry, and I had told my parents that. So then at mine, I had said, I'm hungry <laughs> to my parents, and they just laughed. And I was like, yeah, well, because that's all I can remember. I don't think we said much else. Yeah, I said I'm hungry, and they're like, oh, yeah, I I think that we're setting up the catering stuff like in the other room right now. It's like, oh, that's cool. What did we get again? And they're like, oh, yeah, we got it. And I'm like, this is a nice conversation. So I more remember what he said in front of everyone than what he said to me. I remember him being like, you did great, okay? Like, I remember sincerely doubting myself. And I remember him being like, you did great, okay? But then I remember what he said to the audience. He pointed out my friend group because he knows me and because our families are like family friends. And I remember him bringing up a bunch of other stuff. And it's kind of like... (laughs) You were just kind of like smile, nod, like, "Mm mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was the whole time. Yep. It was different. I think there's a part of me that is kind of like... I felt a pressure within myself to do more because I wanted to match up to the person who had done a similar thing a couple years prior. But then I also had like, you know, the CEO of the Federation there. So going backwards from bat mitzvahs, how was your bat mitzvah prep experience? Because I know for some of you, you had the whole canter switch in the middle and all that. So what was that like? So I hated like studying to practice. I would always wait till like the day before. But I would get nervous because I knew he would like critique me and all that. And I remember this one time I was sitting there and I was singing. And after he says, your pitch was off the whole time or whatever. And I was like, I don't even know like what pitch is. I don't know. So I was like, 
okay. And then, like, he left, and then I had Emily, and she was really yeah, good. Was yeah, and then she only taught me for, like, a month, and then Cameron came. I really liked her, and it was a lot better when she came. I actually liked it then. Yeah, she's epic. But then, like, the rabbi lessons, <laughs> I struggled. I never had them with so awkward. Oh, they're so bad. So, I had no one. I was kind of in the, like, transition period. My bat mitzvah was in March, so I was, like, second half of the year because I'm a fetus. Basically, like, I started in August, which is right after Candor came. Emma wasn't able to teach on the days I was there, but they didn't have anyone else at that point. So I worked with our current Cantor for a really long time, <laughs> and then they brought someone in, and I was with him for a little bit, and I didn't like him very much. But he just kind of got me through, like, the mid-chunk of my Torah portion, and then I was with the Cantor again. So I spent a lot of time with her so I never really had the like rough experiences like it was pretty decent for the most part like we bonded I just never bonded with the old canter Sophie like what was your experience so for Hebrew school in sixth grade it was basically just like so boring and I would be like drawing on random papers or like I don't know like kicking the uh, the legs of the desk because I'd be like super bored and just trying to not be bored and the teacher would constantly get mad at me and tell me like I'm not paying attention and I'd just be like I I, I know I know this I know all these things and then the, even the new stuff we would go so slow because everyone else would take a really long time to learn it so we spent like literally multiple weeks going over the prayer after you read Haftarah and like I learned it in like the first two days and then we spent like two more weeks going over it so Eliana and Maya in sixth grade you guys were treated special in Hebrew school basically so Sophie Eliana and I went to a Jewish day school as our elementary school and I hadn't gone to the synagogue for Sunday school until sixth grade so then in sixth grade i think we were learning the trope which is basically how you chant torah because there's like a tune so you don't just read it you have to go like uh, as you sing like whatever there's a whole whatever so they were teaching that and i already knew it so i was being the like one really really annoying show-off kid who's just like actually you're saying the english word that's not even the right name this is the hebrew name because like they had the names as like what the trope looked like so they had the slur instead of the hebrew name which is like mercha and i was like this is so wrong <laughs> so basically i was being that annoying kid and i was like reading everything off the board before anybody else could and they're like you need to like be out of this class so <laughs> eliana and i instead were given like activities to do the only things i can remember doing are labeling the entire downstairs uh sunday school with like construction paper we wrote all the names and then we had to like put the the names of everything on the walls and on the doors and on pictures and stuff like that and i don't know if there i think there's still like some on a couple random doors and then for one class we were translating the giving tree book from hebrew to english and we had an english copy and a hebrew copy and we're supposed to like discuss and then basically every other time it was just like uh so we don't have anything for you right now can you just go volunteer and help out with the kids i remember this one time we had to go to the canter lesson and they were like learning the vowels like sounds and the names i forgot all the sounds and the names for them so i was like oh no like i'm supposed to be like advanced i don't know any of this stuff so i don't know any of the answers so talking about learning letters and vowels do you guys have any stories from younger years in hebrew school or you know hebrew day school any distinct memories yeah I, I remember when we had i don't remember if this was consecration or like somewhere around there but when we had we like just read the shema and that was it yeah. and they gave us like a chocolate bar and a mini torah and we were just like we are great we have never done anything more important in our lives everyone's they love us now because we did such a good job with the shema and then we ate food or something so i remember that i still have my torah i do too and then my brother though he got one and it's so much fancier than mine oh, and of so course According to my parents, the time he went up for his weird, like, little consecration thing was apparently when I met Maya, even though I have no memory of that. For some reason, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember and you two hung out and you didn't even know each other yet. And I was like, I don't have any memory of knowing Maya before she came to Sunday school. Apparently, we hung out and I have no memory of that. But they were like, oh, yeah, you knew Maya. Oh, I remember when you two were at the, the synagogue thing. <laughs> we had our consecration in 
first grade and then we had our Torah ceremony in the second grade and both of those were like full ceremonies where we had to memorize our lines and say sing songs in Hebrew oh yeah literally memorizing lines they were all like so cheesy too because they were like welcome to the first grade performance of the Torah ceremony like they were all just very very formal lines Don Alum was ours like final thing we got to choose our own tune and we chose the up to beat one that lie 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 so but then we did prayers beforehand i think and i don't remember what they were they were probably the shema which is like the big prayer like one sentence whatever but i don't remember what else we did i remember like just in general i remember like a lot of coloring and learning the letters but then i also remember in first grade my teacher told us that by the end of the year we would basically be fluent in hebrew we wouldn't need her anymore we would know all the words and um by the end of first grade um i did not know all the words i was nowhere (laughs) close to fluent Although I gotta say, people always assume that I can speak Hebrew, and I'm like, I can pronounce it, pronounce it with vowels, but I cannot tell you what that means. I know. I can read it. (laughs) I have, oh my god, my work box has Hebrew stuff written, scribbled all over everything, like, because that's what I do when I'm bored. I just write irrelevant phrases in Hebrew, like, all over pages and stuff in my books, and they're always like, what am I saying right now? Something like that, where it's, like, basic Hebrew. I'll write in Hebrewish, and that's it. (laughs) Just to be like, look at me, I know I can put your letters together. (laughs) People will see me be like, oh my god, are you Hebrew? And I'm like, no and no and like whatever that means no because i'm not israeli i am jewish but that's not hebrew and i'm kind of speaking hebrew but i can't really speak hebrew i'm just writing words on the page like there's so many things where i was like not quite you tried but okay this is a slightly different question have any of you not tried not to show you're jewish but like specifically hidden it in a way or if somebody asked just kind of avoided questions no not really depending on who you're around it kind of gives you bragging rights so it gives me (laughs) it gives me a topic of conversation since i don't have anything else to talk about i can just like yo guess what i'm jewish do you guys know anybody that has I don't know anyone who's been in the situation where they feel uncomfortable to share it. Like, maybe they don't bring attention to it, but I don't think I know anyone who has, like, specifically avoided it. Yeah. I feel like people our age are a lot less likely to be like, I'm not, what, what are you talking about, religion? I don't know. Like, they're just like, yeah, I'm Jewish, so what? Yeah, I think the culture has shifted at least a little bit. That's like, you know, kids aren't really the victims of people being like anti-semitic or whatever it's like not scary to be jewish it's not a bad thing anymore i mean i also think we come from a good community like you know we're from a very open for the most part i know all of us have probably experienced at one time or another something that would fall under the category of it being anti-semitic but i don't think we're from a place that that's just like taking over our identities so we have to be afraid like i'm able to talk about my judaism like with youth groups i am able to be like yeah this dumb program i had to make for gym well i got this idea from my jewish youth group and i don't get anyone being like how dare you (laughs) like you're jewish oh my god have you ever gotten a weird reaction when you say i'm jewish and somebody's like really or like said something that you're just kind of like um you know it wasn't because i was jewish it was because the two other people that there's three other jews in my grade and but only two of them are really like out there jewish so but some people don't exactly like those two so they're like oh you're jewish like like those kids Oh, because they're both a bit like, we know everything, all that. One of them got mad at me because I didn't know people called God Yahweh. And for like no apparent reason, I was like, I didn't know that. And he was like, yeah, but since we're Jews, we call it Adonai. And I was, I was like, okay then, buddy. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, my last name and my facial profile doesn't exactly surprise people like typically they put two and two together before i even tell them but some people like kids are like oh wow that's interesting like kind of like faking kindness because they don't know how to react but not like in a bad way so yeah that's the end of the episode if you made it this far good job round of applause 
obviously, these are just our opinions. We are not saying that everyone in our community and, you know, the Jewish community in general have had the same experiences as us. We just thought it could be cool to talk with some of our friends about this and give people from the outside world an insight into what we know and have experienced. So thank you guys for listening to this episode. Thank you, everybody who joined us, Allison, Sophie, and Eliana. If you enjoyed and you would like to listen to more episodes, you can find us pretty much everywhere for podcasts. And you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Very Popular Pod. We'll see you guys next time. Hope you enjoy. Bye. Bye. It's a very, very popular podcast.